Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 21st, 2022. One of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. the man with an amazing gold chain right now, Thank Tim fucking Gettys. It's been my, my fidget spinner for a while, uh, but I was like, you know what? Wearing the black long sleeve shirt, it just feels right. I need to get the shorter one. This one's still way too long because I got this one as a joke bless when i realized i should have that's, not what, done that's that. what they always i got it ironically i got well, the gold chain ironically no 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 no. Until you start it. wearing it and you realize that it's flat no 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 no. i got the long gold chain ironically okay because my sonic one was too short but i should have three mm. bears did you know what i mean i wanted the gold chain there was no irony about that mm. but the my sonic one was like a, was more like a choker was like i was looking you. yeah i was looking like a a 16 year old girl in 2002 you know what i mean but then I went too long. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, though. Yeah. So now, now I gotta, I gotta meet it in the middle somewhere. But where is, do you plan to take your your chain fashion anywhere in the future? Are you planning to, to get more? Are you planning to get more more pendants? Uh, well, I did see the super dope pomeranian. <laughs> that's like, oh hell yeah, amazing. Uh, but it might end there. But who knows? You know what I mean? I don't want to limit myself. I don't want to limit myself discovery. Um, having said that, I am not that much of a, a explorer you know what i mean i mm. find what i like and i stick to my lane i for me the shadow chain has definitely opened me up to accessories a bit more uh and like ever since i started rocking the shadow chain i've been trying to expand uh my my chain collection and by collection i mean right now I only have one uh but i've been ordering more and i've been i've been fucking up and ordering cheap because turns out gold chains very expensive uh and skipping out on price is not the best decision when it comes to chains because like there's not good quality like i'm not getting anything else that is matching up to the dopeness of of the the shadow chain um and it's it's ruining things because like i i I feel like the chain has really stepped up my fashion when i do wear it when i don't wear it i don't feel like i'm on 10. yeah Uh, yeah the one thing i wish that i was down for that i'm just not is rings because motherfuckers look dope with Mm. rings but i just i don't like things on my fingies I, I feel that man when, when the fingies are burdened down with accessories it's, it's doing too much all, How do you about watches? all his fingies needs are fidgy spinnies you know you just need something to yeah something to fidget with that's how you know it's ball that's how you know you're baller when you're wearing a gold chain you're like no nah, this is just my fidget spinner man i just yeah <laughs> it's half of the fashion have to keep my mind my mind busy are you a mm-hmm. watch person i love watches but i also don't i mean i have my apple watch i don't have it right now but like i i have to try to force myself to wear them because I, I just don't like having things on me it's not just my fingies, it's my wristies too. I I get that a little bit where I have one watch that I like to wear a lot, but if I wear it too much, I then get like irritation on my wrist. And it's the worst because I'll wear this thing every single day. Are, if I are could. you allergic to the material the watch is made out of? There's a chance honestly, I thought about that and I think there's a big chance that I mm-hmm. am. Um I'm not I'm not taking the time to look I, it up. I, I know Alyssa for her earrings, uh, there's some of her earrings that she was getting reactions to, and it's like, oh well, you're probably allergic to that material. 
Yeah. I might look into that because I think that makes a lot of sense for the kind of ear to because it's only like on one part of my wrist that I get it. Uh, uh, and so it might be either the design of the watch, it might be like just scratching on my wrist too much, or yeah, might, there might be something with the material that I'm allergic to. But enough about that. This isn't an accessory show, even though I would love it to be. I think that would be a really fun conversation for us to have. It is a video game show, a video game news show. So let's talk about today's stories, which include I've played four hours of Saints Row, I've played all of Live Alive, and me, Tim, and probably Bear to play a whole lot of games because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you the tick tock is hot with some game previews <laughs> and reviews for you uh this morning we uploaded our official live alive review along with my impressions on saints row after getting to play it for four hours uh, you can ca- you can check those out at kind of funny games on tiktok uh, and then our nope review is up right now it is me it is tim it is joey giving all of our uh, juicy thoughts on jordan peele's latest movie that is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Gordon McGuire, and Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, MeUndies, and Athletic Greens, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one, like I said, I played four hours of Saints Row. Many of the many of the media side of the industry has played four hours of Saints Row. Uh, I got a quick preview roundup for you, and then I'll give some quick impressions. But I want to start off with John Ryan at IGN, who had this to say. When we got our first look at Saints Row back in May, we said that the reboot feels like it sits somewhere between Saints Row 2 and 3. That was music to my ears, as I always preferred the slightly more serious tone of the second game to the straight-up zaniness of the third. Now, after, after having played, for the, uh, played the first few hours of the new take on the Saints for myself, I'm glad to be able to say that it definitely feels like more action comedy from the likes of Matthew Vaughn or James Gunn, rather than a straight-up farce from National Lampoon, though it also keeps a healthy dose of bombastic action that made the later game so fun too. The overall setup for your takeover of the fictional southwestern burg of Santo Aliso uh, looks to be staying true to the series' DNA. On the whole, Saints Row is shaping up to be an action-packed uh, mix of satire and slapstick mayhem, which, for me at least, sounds like a great recipe for some much-needed destructive escapism. Uh, my time with it might not have been perfect, but any game that lets me raise hell in a bulldozer is one I'm eager to play more of. And then Ian Higton at Eurogamer uh, put out their preview and titled it, Fear Not, the Saints Row Reboot is Just as Ridiculous as Previous Games. So the biggest question now is, uh, probably, does the reboot actually feel like a Saints Row game? Has the new direction and cast robbed the series of its admittedly immature charms? Well, I recently went hands-on with the first four hours of the game, and as you'll see in my video above, uh, the world of Saints Row may have been rebooted, but the gameplay is just as ridiculous as it has always been. Things get a little bit more grounded as you're introduced to the world of Santo Leso and the new cast of characters. 
But unfortunately, it may get a little too grounded for some, as Santo Aleso feels just as empty and lifeless as previous gameplay snippets have suggested. Mm. The new characters have neither the personality nor the charisma to match the old fan favorites, and while they may grow on me with extended playtime, they're currently about as memorable as a bag of ready salted crisps. That said, it's definitely Eurogamer right there. The bag of ready salted crisps. <laughs> <laughs> that said, the Saints Row reboot ex excels in giving the player a nice big havoc simulator to mess around in. The early campaign missions are fairly varied, with things like shootouts in museums and Mad Max-inspired vehicular combat sections. But I basically snoozed my way through them. It wasn't until I went off on my own and caused carnage in the open world that I really started to have fun. And once I was on a roll, the game's unpredictability often had me laughing out loud. Tim, I want to take a break from the previews for a second and check in with you. What do these previews do for your hype for Saints Row? Oh, nothing. I was never really a Saints Row guy. It was the type of game that I would enjoy having fun uh, just messing around for a little bit, but it never stuck with me. I am a little bit different than uh, JR in from IGN where I prefer the more wacky stuff. So Saints Row the Third was the most fun that I've had with the franchise, but even then it, it was never uh, that lasting. Looking at this, it doesn't look... Uh, like the type of experience that I'm looking for in 2022. Like it does seem very open and, and very kind of uh, pointless, which I don't like looking at a video game and thinking it's pointless. But am I wrong about that, Bless? You got to play it. It's de it's definitely an open world ass open world game. And it's definitely a Saints Row game. And I think that is for better and for worse. Uh, I had a fun time with it. By the time I finished my four hours, I actually wanted to, to keep playing. And I think a lot of that comes down to the openness of it. Like, I'm somebody who does, like, a, a, a good open world sometimes, especially when it comes to the open world city crime games. Of course, I'm a huge fan of GTA, and I know there's plenty of huge fans of GTA. And I think a lot of that then extends out into Saints Row, right, where Saints Row started off as this GTA clone and eventually kind of grew, grew into itself and became its own thing. But at its heart, it is... You are hanging out in an open world, you're taking on missions, you're taking on activities. A lot of it has this juvenile, goofy tone to it, which I think for some people is hit, for some people is missed. For me, it's a hit, right? Like, I, I, I've always enjoyed the humor of, uh, of Saints Row. And for me, this reboot works in a lot of the places that matters. Um, I think the biggest instance of me really enjoying the game was during my demo where I got access to the open world and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from the linear story missions and I'm just going to fuck around, you know, drive around, do the activities and see what grabs my interest. And I think the game does a really good job of creating moments for you to just fuck around and do whatever and play around with with what's available in the city like they have the the handful of activities that people are probably already familiar with if they've played a saints row before they have the insurance fraud uh mini games where it is you going out into the streets and trying to cause as much havoc as possible they have uh another one where i forget what it's called but um there's a mini game where you toss yourself into the air and you have a wingsuit and you're trying to fly from spot to spot to, and then take out the security drones and then fly to the next spot uh in your wingsuit it's stuff like that where it's mindless open world fun that I think makes these games fun to play. And I think the, this reboot nails a lot of that stuff. Uh, but then I think where it falters a bit for me is in some of its production. You know, it, it, it I mentioned this in the TikTok, it meant it straddles that double A, triple A line where it feels on the lower end of AAA in terms of how it feels, how, you know, driving feels a bit floaty, the turns feel a bit wide. And I think if you played Saints Row before, you probably already, you probably you know what I'm talking about. Because it, it, it drives like those previous Saints Row games, right? And I think 
the the character animation is in the same place where watching cutscenes there are plenty of times where I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about how these characters are animating right now. Like the facial animations don't seem to be all the way there. But then I get into the open world and I'm driving around and after four hours of playing, all that stuff kind of flies by the wayside and I forget. And I look at the environments and I'm like, no, this looks pretty good. Um, I think Santo Oleso is a pretty good city. It reminds me a lot of San Andreas. And I think that is purely the the setting being this uh, almost like small town Nevada type setting. You're not, like, not small town necessarily, but like maybe medium town Nevada setting uh-huh. where it feels like a mix of Reno and Vegas. There are a lot of outskirts compared to previous Saints Row games where you are, you know, driving and doing like a lot of off-roading. Um, that stuff I really like for um, uh, what this open world is. And then you get to the customization and the customization is awesome as well, right? There's the character character customization that you come to expect from Saints Row in terms of being able to get deep into, you know, not only outfits, but voice and also the size of your junk and also like all the immature bits that you want to customize in a Saints Row game, they let you do those things. Uh, you also do have the vehicle customization, which, um, like previous Saints Row games, once again, is really great, but I also think uh, pushes things a bit further. I was really happy when I took, I stole a random car, brought it into the, the car cu- customization place, and really decked out my vehicle in terms of off-road wheels that made it look completely completely different, different uh, color schemes, different materials. Uh, I was really satisfied with how my car looked, and it's... it un-GTAs itself in the way that for folks who have played GTAs, especially like Rockstar games recently, there's a realism there that can be so realistic that it gets frustrating where you crash your car and it's like, all right, let me call Moore's Mutual Insurance so I can pick it back up so I can go through the motions. Oh, if I want to save this car, I got to go to my garage. I got to do all this thing. Uh, Saints Row streamlines all that shit. And if you're somebody who's like, oh, I don't like how tedious the GTA games are. Saints Row does such a great job of, there was a time I crashed my car and I was like, fuck, damn, I really like that car. And then I went to the next mission and uh, they're like, oh yeah, here's the car. Like the car is right there. (laughs) Right. It is so arcadey in that way. And I think a lot of that really uplifts it. Um, But it's definitely, it's definitely imperfect in a lot of places. I think a lot of that just comes down to polish and, and bugs and game feel. But if you're someone who likes Saints Row and have liked Saints Row in the past, it, continues to be more of that and if you put if you put up with it in the previous games you're gonna be fine in this game i think this game even in combat feels marginally better than the previous games um and i really i I liked my experience with it so having played the the preview are you now like anticipating this release more like is this now like higher up your list of i can't wait to play it or you just kind of like oh yeah no this has proved that as excited as i was i still am i i think it's increased my anticipation i think a lot of that is it reminding me that saints row is fun um i think we've lost a lot of that over the years mainly because saints row has not been around for a while the last numbered saints row game was saints row 4 and that was what 2012 2013 and then you had got out of hell that was like this like um uh standalone expansion uh, type situation but like since then we've not had saints row we had agents of mayhem from volition which if you remember was whack as hell <laughs> like i tried playing agents of mayhem and i was like this is just not it uh and so it's been a while since we've had one of these and i think for me and probably plenty of people saints row hype has died down especially because video games have come such a long way and saints row feels like such a 2010 game it feels like such a mid-2000s game and it being a gta clone and it having its kind of sense of humor in it having its kind of open world structure um when they announced it i think me and a lot of people were like all right cool more saints row like i guess playing it i'm like okay no i'm ready to play this uh it i kind of put it in that dying light two section of 
I don't think it's going to be my top five or top 10 maybe, but I do think that once I get into the motions of it, I'm going to have a lot of fun with it, just playing it as an open world game and clearing through the activities. And maybe if I, if I get into it enough, maybe going for the platinum and having that like, you know, that open world cycle of, let me just checklist through everything because I yeah. like driving around in a fun open world and I like radio stations. And let me tell you, the, the the music in this game is awesome uh there is a hip-hop station where um and i, I think this is like time with with the gameplay but the song is also in the station the first time you uh get notoriety from the cops uh and you're getting chased they play uh sound of the police by krs1 and oh, let me yes. tell you during my preview i was like fuck yes <laughs> this is what <laughs> i want and the game has moments like that the game kind of knows what it's doing it reminds me of saints row 3 where there's a scene Hold in that game where um no uh, there's a scene in saints row 3 where you are in a helicopter and you're approaching like a top floor like a roof uh penthouse so you're gonna jump um jump from the helicopter on top of and as you're doing it powered by kanye west plays Oh, and yeah. for me, that was the moment of Saints Row 3. I was like, these guys get it. The Sound of Police thing, the Sound of the Police thing wasn't quite that, but it was like giving flares of that, where I was like, yeah, all right, this is what Saints Row is. I'm fucking digging this. Let's fucking go. Um, so yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking for I'm looking more forward to it after my demo. I love that. I love when games have uh like licensed music moments that are like scripted in that way, where it's like trying to use the the song to intensify the the gameplay and like make you feel like a badass. And I feel like yeah. Saints Row has always been good at that. So it's it's good they're continuing to have those moments. Yeah, they're definitely continuing to, to have it. Uh, one of the previews that I read mentioned that the characters aren't as standout as some of the previous Saints Row ca characters. I agree with that. Um, I don't think it's impossible for them to get there. Um, the game setup is basically you are. A do you like you and your friends are part of these different uh, factions slash gangs, but you're still like a group of friends, and you are definitely in that like millennial Gen Z era of like probably like mid twenties. You go to you go to work for this military organization, like this um I think they call it like a multinational private military company. And after your first few days, you're kind of sick of it, and then um, shit goes down where you and your friends are like, yo, what if we just start up our own thing? And it's basically you making this startup gang um and it has this 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 millennial like young millennial energy to it that i think can come off as i really but, but i think works for it i do i do hope that there is more we get in terms of memorable and iconic characters because this is a reboot i've not seen any um uh, uh returning characters i'm not seeing johnny gat is his name johnny gat i always forget his name but i've not seen that dude i've not seen any of like the the characters you know and love for the previous saints row um but i think if this game is able to get to the place maybe part way through where i am looking at characters and i'm like okay no i like you you're gonna stick with me then i think that might that might take it to a better place but uh tone wise and story wise I think I still might prefer some of the previous ones. But gameplay-wise, I think it has all the stuff that it needs. Oh, one more thing I do want to shout out to in terms of gameplay. Uh, there, When you're getting into police chases, there's a, a maneuver they call sideswiping that is basically like burnout. Like you take other cars out by like bumping into them. It's new for this game. I fucking love it. I, I really like this thing. It, it, it's a bit like this game's version of the pit maneuver that you do in GTA where you're trying to take people out that way. But there's like an actual button for it. And your car legit like jukes to the left or jukes to the yeah. right. And like hits the car. And like it takes off car health off the other cars. Uh, that's very new. And I fucking love it. Uh, I, think, I think it really works. Uh, so shout out to Saints Row. Hell yeah.
Let's get into story number two. Another roundup for you. This time, it is Live Alive. Uh, Live Alive has a review embargo that is lifted. Right now, it's sitting on Metacritic at an 82 and uh, an 81 on OpenCritic. I'm going to start off with Rebecca Valentine at IGN, who gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, Live Alive is a fascinating piece of JRPG history that's more than worthy of the energy Square Enix has spent to remake it for a global audience with a beautiful new art style decades later. Its unusual vignette structure and lovable ensemble cast are a delight to spend time with, especially thanks to the addition of voice acting. The ultimate story payoff remains surprising and stand out among JRPGs even decades later after its original iteration. Its seven different characters each make inventive and surprising use of the deceptively simple combat system, which adds even more flavor to the most challenging optional boss fights. The remake could have put a, a bit more work into mitigating some of the original's more tedious grinds toward the end, but by the by the time that grind kicks in, Live Alive had enough hooks stuck in me that I couldn't put it down until I, jam I jammed out to Megalomania for the final time. And then Andrew Reiner at Game Informer also gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, I went into Live Alive expecting the time capsule experience of unearthing a long-lost Super Nintendo RPG from Takashi Tokita, one of the creators of Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy IV. Uh, two, of, two of the best games ever made. Even with Live Alive's design roots stretching back to 1994, little about it feels classic. The colorful, pixelated characters scream of that era, but most of the game is inventive, modern, and delightfully goof goofy, and sometimes shockingly profane. It's unlike anything else out there, delivering an unpredictable and joyous adventure that changes its narrative and gameplay foundation every couple of hours. We'll never, we'll never know how Live Alive would have fared in the U.S. back in the day. Uh, flash forward nearly three decades, and I can't recommend this re revitalized relic enough. It's that good. This is another must-play Switch RPG that entertains in ways I didn't expect and kept me glued to the screen for, for well over 20 hours. Uh, and then I also posted my review to the, the TikTok edited by the, the wonderful uh, editing team that Roger runs. Uh, Bear, if you're able to pull that up and play it for the, for the audience, I give it a 5 out of 5. Live Alive is one of the best games of the year and one of the most unique JRPGs I've ever played. It's an anthology game, so think like Black Mirror or Love, Death and Robots where you're getting a bunch of smaller stories in this one JRPG game. Each story takes place in a different era. There's a prehistoric caveman story, a far future story where he plays a robot, a western cowboy tale, and a handful of others unique with their own gameplay twists and characters. The thing that holds them together is a turn-based strategy combat system that held my interest as someone who doesn't even tend to like strategy. The fighting is simple, fun, and a variety of movesets from game to game keeps things interesting. The writing in each of the scenarios is also top notch. Each story has something to say or something fresh to add to the genre it's homaging. There's a sense of humor here that is sorely missed from many other games. The soundtrack is great, composed by Yoko Shimomura of Kingdom Hearts. It's also a visual delight, bringing a classic Super Nintendo game into the present with vibrant HD 2D pixel art. There's so much here to love. If you're looking for your next game for Nintendo Switch, it's a must play because Live Alive is one of the best games of There you have it. Hell yeah, man. I am so happy that you beat the game, loved the game. Like, that's so, so damn cool because this isn't necessarily the type of game that would be in your normal wheelhouse, right? So, like, I think it's great that they can take this old game that was never even in America, give it some fun updates, and Blessing loves it. That's great. Yeah, like, I mean, to, for a testament of how much I love this game, I was triple fisting video games the last few weeks where we had our as dust falls review that we we're doing we had our stray review and those were the more like required ones that i was doing not that not, not that you guys like ever required me to play any of these games but we had games cast schedules scheduled for those ones and i know like it'll be beneficial for content if i play through those games so like those were games where i was like okay i got to play these games and live live was the one where 
nobody was asking me to play Live Alive. <laughs> like, absolutely nobody was asking me to play Live Alive. Like, I'm doing this for myself. <laughs> I'm doing this for me. Because I got, what, maybe about six hours into the game, and I was like, I fucking got to just play this game because I fucking Hell love yeah. it. And I wasn't even planning to, be, to have it done uh, for the review. I just enjoyed it that much where I couldn't stop playing it. I, had I that wasn't expecting it, it so much, Bless, that I talked mm-hmm. to our Nintendo PR guy yesterday, and he was like, oh, what's your plan for the uh, Live Alive thing? And I was like, oh, we're gonna just going to talk about our games daily. Like, we're, we're not, don't worry, we're, don't look for our stuff at Embargo, like, whatever. He's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then this morning I wake up and I see this, and I was like, oh, whoa, hey. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a five out of five, kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to Tim, send him the video. <laughs> you played uh, Octopath Traveler, right? Uh, I, I never beat it, but I, I played uh, the majority of it. The, 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 as somebody who played through Octopath, does this do anything for you? Oh, definitely. I actually think that I'd prefer to play this. Like this, I am very excited about this one. Oh, I yeah. love the HD2D stuff is just some of the nicest looking art style I've ever seen. Uh, and I love how just weird this all looks. I am also really into the vignette idea. I like how it, like the shorter burst storylines, I think could be a, a really cool thing. Yeah, and that's for me what held me through. You know, like Octopath was a game that I wanted to to get into, and I, I like honestly I don't even remember why I couldn't get into it. I think it was probably a mixture of not having the time, and then also it just not immediately grabbing me in that way. Especially knowing that there is these there there is a handful of different storylines to do. Funny enough, Live Life has a similar setup, but because all the stories are very contained within themselves, um, and it is just a series of vignettes. Uh, all of, all of what any of the stories are asking from you is like t- maybe two hours each and getting into one and getting to getting into the first one that I did. Um, uh, the first one I did was like the present day story, which was basically this street fighter. Like you're, you're a, um, a fighter who's traveling around the world to fight all these different martial arts masters to become the best one. That was a, what, 45 minutes to an hour long GRPG story. And that was the first one I played. And once I finished it, I was like, Oh, that was easy. And like, that was a fun time. Let me hop into the next one. And they all average out at around two hours, but you feel like you're getting a full experience out of each of them because the like the leveling is there. The combat system is the same through each of the, the different vignettes, but the movesets are so wildly different and unique to where even when I get into combat, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to really think about, think differently in this game that I'm thinking in, in another, in um, a different vignette, right? Because it is, oh, this guy's more area of effect as opposed to this person that's more close range as opposed to this character that was more, you know, long range. Um, like, and also the the writing and the way they tackle different types of storytelling in the game was a thing that blew me away as well. You know, I mentioned in the TikTok that there's a cowboy story, there's a future story, there's a caveman story. The caveman story has no dialogue in it. It is all that it is them communicating through emotes, basically, and like uh, archaic caveman language that like it's basically just shouting. And that was a thing that I'd never seen in a JRPG. And they're able to tell a two hour long story with that. Right. And then like the game does a lot of creative things like that, where each of the vignettes have something unique that they do where I'm like, shit, that's really cool. That's different. Oh, man, let me play the two hours to see where this goes. And I had such a fantastic time with it. Is it all sequential or can you choose any storyline you want you can choose any storyline you want so there's seven of them and they're all available uh from the start wow yeah so you can play it in any order i have a question Mm -hmm. would you consider this a game of the year contender for yourself for myself uh, it's it, game of the year contender is tough because Elden Ring exists in a world where Elden Ring didn't exist. The answer is yes. Uh, in the world where well, Elden I, I, I'm not saying like it, it's definitely game of the year, but do you think it deserves to be in that conversation? I would for me, yes. 
I think for industry wide, I don't know if it's going to get that amount of praise because I think it is a bit more uh, niche and it's going to be more targeted for an audience that really likes this type of game. But for me, I think it's going to end up in my top three. I have it in that uh, right now. Oh, it's wow. in that Sifu range for me, where I think I always gave, I also gave Sifu a five out of five, um, and I think Sifu is probably right under Elden Ring for me right now. I think Live Alive is definitely going to be battling out with Sifu, and probably honestly, it's probably way above Sifu uh, uh, for me at this moment because I, I mm. the writing, the combat, the gameplay, all of that hits so well for me and just like sifu was when i played it sifu was was unlike anything i had played at the time mm -hmm. live alive even more so is unlike any other jrpg i played it also you know it also hits things i've loved about uh, uh some of my favorite games i think um namely undertale uh under like undertale seems like a game that probably took some influence from and not even probably i think I think Toby Fox himself uh, ta has talked about Live Alive uh, and Me Megalomania, one of the songs in the game, uh, inf influenced heavily Megalovania from Undertale. Um, and a lot of the a lot of what I love about Undertale in terms of the writing, the humor, the energy of it does shine through as well in Live Alive. Um, and so I think a lot of that is why the game is hitting for me. Uh, so so you, well. and you're I think saying I should play this game. Yes, I'm saying 100%, Barry, you should check out this game. And even, like, I was texting Greg, and I was like, Greg, as somebody who likes video game stories, I think even you should like this game. Uh, or even you should play this game, because I think there's it, it is a, an approachable JRPG in a way that JRPGs can oftentimes, I think, shut out a lot of the audience, because they are, you know, deep in combat system, and the stories have, like, a certain energy and all this stuff. Live Alive, I think, opens itself up to being way more playable than the traditional JRPG, even though it's way more unique uh, in, a, in a lot of its setup and tone. Um, so yeah, if you if you have a Switch or you're looking for a new JRPG to play, I'd, I'd 100% recommend Live Alive. Weird question uh, before we move on. Is it worth playing even if you're just going to play one of the vignettes? Like, do are the stories like complete enough in that like the two hour vignette, or do you need to keep playing? You need to keep playing. Okay. Uh, yeah, like the the. It's so tough to talk about without like getting into super detail because I think that the game does really cool things with its vignettes uh, that like create make the whole experience special as a package. Like it's not just the standalone. Oh, I'm I'm jumping into this just to play the caveman story. You know, I I do think the whole game comes together in a way that really makes it special as a whole package. Um, that said, if you come in and you just play the caveman thing or you just play the the um, like the cowboy story. I think that is enough for maybe like a night, right? Like if you're going in with it with the, going into it with that commitment and then going, oh, I'll play the rest later. I think that's fine to do. Um, the way I played it is I did one vignette a night um, slash a day because mm -hmm. I was like, all right, cool. Let me knock this thing out next day. All right, let me knock the cowboy out next day. Let me knock the caveman out. And that was such a fun way to do it because uh, it was like a nice daily story for me. That's how I that's how I watched Black Mirror as well. When I was watching through that show, I watched one episode a day. And I think it's such a, a great way to, to to go about playing that game. But yeah, I would definitely recommend playing through the whole thing if you're gonna um if you're gonna pick it up. Uh Tim, before mm -hmm. we get to the next news story, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer? As if you aren't booked and busy already. But thankfully, Me Undies wants to help make this summer the most comfortable one you will never forget. Because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. And I know that from experience. But you know what? Me Undies has always been there to help me. I'm always wearing my Me Undies shirts, my lounge pants, my lounge shorts, my Undies themselves, the socks. I'm a Me Undies fanboy. Wouldn't have it any other way. I just absolutely love the socks. 
soft micro modal fabric. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small all the way up to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you out there. For any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for the free to join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 50% off your order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Well, you don't want random passerbyers looking in on you, so why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my desktop, uh, all everything. Anytime I'm using the internet, just because I am trying to stay as safe as possible. The best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, you click one button and you're protected. It is so easy. It's the biggest button in the world. One click, you're done. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. You can use our link expressvpn.com slash kind of funny and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kind of Shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a big pill guy. I don't want to spend a lot of time on extra things, but I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of my health. Now, I've been using it the last couple months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a fun tropical taste that I actually look forward to in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery focused and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny let's hop into story number three avatar mm -hmm. frontiers of pandora has been delayed this comes from joe scrubbles at ign <gasps> ubisoft has announced that its upcoming first person open world adventure avatar frontiers of pandora has been delayed to april 2023 at the earliest revealed as part of ubisoft's q1 earnings report the game was delayed into ubisoft's 2023 to 2024 financial year which begins next april no no more specific release time frame was given no reasoning was given for the delay ubisoft did say quote we're committed to delivering a cutting edge immersive experience that takes full advantage of next-gen technology as this amazing global entertainment brand represents a major multi-year opportunity for ubisoft end quote the company also confirmed that a smaller unannounced premium game had also been delayed out of this financial year and into the next it joins a huge list of games delayed out of 2022 and into 2023 primarily due to the effects of the covid19 pandemic and then as a follow-up to that i believe there is a ubisoft financial call that is been going on this morning uh steven totillo from uh the kotaku polygon i actually forget which i'm formerly. sorry steven formerly of kotaku uh tweeted out uh ubisoft has canceled i think he's actually actually at axios now i think about it uh ubisoft yeah. has canceled development of splinter cell vr and ghost recon frontline uh and two other unannounced video games 
the hits keep coming to him for yeah Ubisoft. they do they do and again we've been talking a lot about this and about the state of ubisoft in the last couple of weeks and uh talking about them doing the ubisoft forward which is coming up right that's yeah coming be... up in september yeah okay so i guess we're a little over a month away but we were talking about like what's going to be there and we were talking about avatar specifically and like when is it going to hit i'm not surprised by any of this news i i think that this is all in line with what we've been saying which is ubisoft is in a very unfortunate position that i think that they desperately need to kind of reformat who they are what is the foundation what does it mean to be a ubisoft game in 2022 and beyond uh because this is a mess right now and it, it just doesn't instill faith in me that um they are going to be releasing bangers anytime soon right like i feel like they're they're kind of treading water in in some ways swimming the wrong way like i'm not sure but this avatar game we know very little about there's a yeah. chance it's going to be great but i don't have any reason to believe that at this point we haven't seen anything for it we've only seen delays yeah i mean what does this do for you with avatar i know the movie is scheduled to come out this fall right or this winter december around christmas yeah december does that worry the fact that it seemed like originally i mean this game was slated for this year probably time to be with the movie now that's being delayed into sometime next year seemingly what does that do for you in terms of ubisoft like making an avatar game and like trying to actually put it out and not being able to do it well the reality the reality is it's more important to get this game right than it is to align it with the the movie's launch right like i think that uh avatar at this point right i don't need to explain to people that it's a weird franchise in terms of its release like this is something that we haven't necessarily seen uh before where there's a ton of examples of like 80s or 90s movies and then there's been talks of a sequel maybe happening and then decades later it actually happens but avatar is one of those rare scenarios where 2009 the movie comes out and they're almost immediately talking about sequels and it's a no this is actually happening type thing and here we are it's happening and it's going to be happening for the next couple years where we have what avatar uh, two three four five coming out every other year until 2030 or whatever it is um and so i i feel like with that i mean that sounds like it's gonna happen at this point right have they shot anything and passed the second movie oh i I guess i don't know i actually don't know about all that but it it sounds like they at least have a a track they're they're on and they want it and it's gonna make a lot of money it's probably not gonna make as much as the first one but who the fuck knows at this point with uh how crazy the box office can be for these giant franchises so with uh with that i think that this coming out sometime next year if it is good if there's avatar mania again this could work out if the game's good but i I, there's so many ifs there that i have no confidence but again i feel like it's silly to shit on this right now because we don't even know what it is that's Uh, the thing is uh, alive you're wrong chat is telling me that they did shoot two and three at the same time Oh, there you go. Uh, I, yeah, I think for me, the thing is that there are, there are too many ifs with this, you know, and that's not, it's, I don't have a judgment too many ifs. if the too many ifs, if there's going to be, if this game is going to be good, or if this game's going to be bad or what, or what that is. I think for me, it's the fact that there are so many moving parts to this and, you know, they're delaying it because they don't want it to come out, come out bad. Right. And I'm sure they don't want it to come out bad because this isn't just a Ubisoft game. This is a Ubisoft licensed avatar game that they're working with. It's Disney, right. That owns avatar. It's yeah. always hard to keep track. Um, it was Fox. Ne- was fox yeah uh but yes them working with disney to put out this thing which for them is probably important and for them means oh we got to get this right we can't put this out and have it be have it be garbo um that said right like 
I, I'm just in a mystery of like it, how this game is going to land for you, you mentioned Avatar Mania. I, I'm somebody who never experienced Avatar Mania and like I question its existence because like when, when that first Avatar came out, I didn't watch it, but I remember talking to people about it and it seemed like the, the consensus was, oh yeah, this is a, it's a movie. Like it is, you know, a technically impressive, like, um, uh, not expansive. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like this movie has big scope, right? This movie is going for it and I think it landed and did what it did, but I don't, I don't know any Avatar fan. I don't know anybody who's like, I need a new, I need Avatar 2. I can't wait for Avatar 5. Like, you know, I got Avatar bracelets that I wear. I got an Avatar shirt. Like, I've never met that person unless it's The Last Airbender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, that existed then in 2009. Like, okay. I mean, it was it was huge. And it was one of those things where it was still a lot of people hating on it because that's what happens with popular things. But it was Avatar mania. Motherfuckers are getting full body tattoos of these damn Navi and all that shit. Uh, but here we are a decade later, over a decade later, right? Yeah, like, and, maybe, and maybe that's more so the thing is Avatar has been dormant for so long that it yeah. feels like it's not around. And so, like, I think it's going to take the movie breaking it back, which I'm sure it can because, it again, this is – it's Disney. It's big budget. Like, they tend to hit in terms of mass appeal. But it's going to be on them to bring it back and then also on this Ubisoft game to ride the wave of that movie in order to hit success. And, again – it's too many lot of ifs. A lot, a lot of, of ifs there. Yeah. yeah, Avatar 1's being re-released in September, and I think that's going to give a... The re-releases never kind of like fully move the needle for things, but I think that that's when the Avatar push is going to begin. So we're not that far away from that. And then it's just going to keep rolling. The, the thing is, though, like, to me, Avatar's been most important and most popular because of the Disney World uh, situation that they have with right. uh, Pandora, which is utterly fantastic. It is one of the best lands in a disney park period and it doesn't matter that nobody gives a shit about avatar when you're there you give a shit because it's cool as hell and if they could just get that cool factor and sell that it could work if the game is good and if so many ifs so many ifs the so world many of ifs. the ifs everybody i, I, I ifs. do i i'm more and more convinced that you know the avatar fans are just sleeper agents that have been you know just uh sleeping away <laughs> they're waiting they'll they'll rise up in like, september when it gets re-released in disney whispers a code into their take ear over the world once uh avatar 2 comes out but yeah it's uh it is interesting and i mean there, there are quite a few people in chat army. yeah i was gonna say there's quite a few people in chat that are rising up and we're like yeah well, no i'm gonna avatar it's fan. gonna be a good movie which i like i i have no doubt of i have uh, questions of if it's actually going to be as successful as the first one yeah, yeah. And there's so many factors at play there, right? So many, but the reality God, of course is, Jeff Grubb is an Avatar fan, dude. Uh, honestly, I am an Avatar fan too. I know people get know that already, but it's, I saw that movie three <laughs> times in theaters, three fucking times. This wow. is John, James Cameron, man, James Goddamn Cameron. Okay, Avatar, the greatest pioneer, the, the blue people Avatar. No Let me tell you about no my 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 king Avatar. Right, it's the last Airbender. It's Aang. It's Katara. They're out there. Night Shyamalan. They're fighting. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. No. That, no, that movie came Our out on Zuko. my God, that movie came out on my 16th birthday, and let me tell you, that was the worst birthday of all time. We all left that theater <laughs> so depressed and so done, and then we went to Dairy Queen, and then I remembered that I was lactose intolerant at that Dairy Queen, so I didn't even eat that much ice cream. Movie that that fucking birthday sucked. Sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, like, you know, talk, talking a, a bit more about uh, some of the other things going on at Ubisoft, right? Them talking about uh, the smaller unannounced pre pre uh, premium game that was delayed out of this financial year, I think is interesting as well, because I don't know if any of us were expecting 
uh, anything else from Ubisoft in the next uh, fiscal year? You know, I would imagine that maybe that was slated for before March, maybe a February, March game um, that they probably would have announced at a Ubisoft forward. But my question would be, what would that be? My mind goes to a Far Cry spinoff, something along those lines, maybe a, oh, they say, I was going to say like Ghost Recon or not Ghost Recon, um, Division Heartland, but mm -hmm. this thing says premium. And so it was going to be a paid, paid for game. Um, Wonder what that is. I'm sure maybe they'll get an announcement at Ubisoft Forward still, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Splinter Cell VR also getting canceled. Another L for the Splinter, Splinter Cell fans. We're so sorry, Roger. Pour one out. <laughs> We're so sorry, Roger. And then, yeah, like Ghost Recon Frontline being canceled, and then uh, two other unannounced canceled games. Like, what is going on, man? What is Ubisoft? Man? What is going like, on? What is it? <sighs> Too many hips, not enough good decisions. Too many ifs. Hopefully, the September Ubisoft Forward oh, ignites some uh, hope and excitement. Someone who was it? Uh, Chun in the uh, chat says Assassin's Creed Rift was rumored to be late this year, or early next. Ooh. That was the one with um, good the, call. Char the, <clears throat> the character at the Asim. end of uh, uh, Valhalla and like his uh, little journey there. So that that could have been it. And that was supposed to be a smaller Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. that probably one hundred percent is it. That is a good call out. Um, we'll have to wait and see more on that one. For now. Let's talk about story number four. GTA Online is getting a big new update. This is Zach Zweizen at Kotaku. After some previous teases, Rockstar announced today that the Criminal Enterprise update for Grand Theft Auto Online will be released on July 26th. This upcoming free update sounds like it'll be one of the biggest the game's ever received, with numerous quality of life changes, improvements, and business expansions. Following rumors and hints, Rockstar has finally started to share details about GTA Online's big summer update. But there's bad news for the folks living in the digital digital world of GTA Online, as intense heat waves and soaring gas prices will make life even more miserable. Huh. Great. Thanks. Huh. Thanks Interesting. For yeah. Huh. Luckily for all of you online lawbreakers out there, this offers some new criminal opportunities as well as a chance to help the government take down some hot, some other bad guys via a new series of in-game missions. As part of this Criminal Enterprises update, Rockstar is adding a new series of missions that have players uh, teaming up once again with the IAA, that's GTA's take on the CIA, uh, as an off-the-books off agent to help take down a, quote, notorious oil-rich dynasty in Los Santos who is profiting off the heat and soaring prices. But that's just one part of this massive upcoming update. In today's blog post sharing details on the update, Rockstar explained that every in-game business in GTA Online is being ex expanded, giving players more ways to make more cash. For example, biker bars will now fill up with customers, and players can run can run missions to keep booze, uh, sorry, keep the booze uh, and money flowing. Even better, it sounds like all the expansions will be free. Hell yeah! GTA man, they're just out here. It keeps going. Updates. They just keep going and going and going. Good for them, man. I can't yeah. even imagine going back in time and telling like eighth grade little Timmy, yo, one day GTA online, it's going to be everything that you dream of. It's going to be, every you're just going to be out there Dude. playing with every, with all your friends. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. I'm sure, I'm sure I've like said this multiple times on, on shows in the past, but like GTA online legitimately is my dream game. I remember playing GTA San Andreas back in the day and going, man, I wish like, my dream game would be this game with better graphics and online multiplayer, and I could just like live in it. That would be my perfect video game. And they made it, and I played the hell out of it. This new update, I think, sounds really cool. I, I don't know if I'm going to go back for it uh, right as of now yet. Uh, the last time I went back to GTA, the last couple of times, honestly, I went back to GTA Online, I found that they just didn't hit the same way. And I think that's a couple things. I think... Um, 
GTA Online has gotten so old now. You know, we're talking about a game that came out originally in 2013, and when you go back to it, even with the PS5 update, I think there's there's uh, those elements of uh, the, that game aging that I I still feel, or I feel more as time goes on, that has made it a little bit difficult to go back. And then also, I find that it takes specific types of expansions to get me back. Like, not every expansion is going to be mm-hmm. for me. Last year, it was the uh, oh, I forget what it was one. called. But it was like the Fast and Furious expansion that really got me in. That was like, you know, they added like a Midnight Club type style racing mode. They added in new car customization, a lot of the things that speak to me in GTA games. And that got me back in heavy. But then there was the, um, oh, there was the Dr. Dre one that got me back in. Yeah, and I fucking love that one as well. But after I did the Dr. Dre missions, I think I was pretty much done. Um, and then with the the next gen update, I tried a bit, you know, tried playing with Mike and tried playing with Greg. And then after a few days, I was kind of like, ah, it's more GTA Online. Um, that said, the the trailer looks pretty cool. It seems like you're going to get more story stuff, which seems exciting. Um, and yeah, like if you're somebody who's still playing GTA Online, I think this is probably going to be be great for you. For me, it's a, a wait and see on uh, how how well this expansion hits before I, I I jump in. I think I'm just also not in the mood for it. I think that's the thing. I've, I've played a lot of video games lately. Tim. You've been gaming. You've been out here. I've been out here gaming real hard. Let's hop, let's hop into story number five. Detroit Become Human is becoming a manga. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Detroit Become Human is getting a manga adaptation in Japan uh, with a story set in Tokyo at the same time period as the game. As reported by Famitsu, Detroit Become Human Tokyo Stories is being written by Saru Watari uh, Kazami and drawn by Moto Sumida. The story follows an android idol known as Reina and, like the game before it, explores what happens when, when these robots gain independent thoughts and feelings. Unlike Detroit Become Human, however, Tokyo Stories focuses on smoother integration of androids as Reina becomes incredibly popular. The piece isn't to last, of course, disrupt, uh, disrupted by a rogue android that gains sentience. sentience. And Tim, here's what I have to say. Yeah. All right? mm-hmm. Detroit Become Human, Tokyo Stories. Why not call it Tokyo Become Human? Become Human. That's a, that is a good question. It That's bothers a me a lot. <laughs> this naming scheme. <laughs> this, is, this is so funny, though, because like this seems like a Mad Lib story. Like it just seems like a bunch of like random words being put together where I'm like, I, this seems so random. I would have never seen this coming. Having said that, I'm not surprised. This is it. This could be cool. Honestly, this, this story, sounds really cool, right? But yeah, this is just so weird. Sorry, does, it, it, does it say who's writing it? Plus, uh, yeah, uh, written by uh, Saru Watari Kazami. Okay, okay, among um, okay. mangaka. Okay, I don't know what they've worked on in the past. So yeah, like an actual mangaka, not David. But Cage. it's not David. David, no, it's not David. Okay. <laughs> David Cage but is not it writing does a manga. Actually, have potential, which is nice. One hundred percent, and that's my thing. Is I Detroit Become Human? I think it's such a visually, it's a really good looking game, and I think has a lot of dope style to it. And I think some of the stuff it sets up with this world uh, can be interesting. And the story that we got in Detroit Become Human, I don't think explored that well enough. I do the idea of a separate writer turning it into a manga and making it about this idol in Japan. For me, sounds fascinating. I think it that is, is going to be a better, uh, a, a, a good take on what Detroit Become Human is, even though part of Detroit Become Human is that it took place in Detroit. Why not call it Tokyo Become Human? It's just, this is so funny to me, even just timing. Like, oh, if it makes this no were sense. to have happened a couple of years ago, it'd make a little more sense, but it's like, all right, cool. The game came out four years ago and yeah. has not had an update, no <laughs> DLC, no spinoffs, all of a sudden out of nowhere, a manga. Cool. It's like cool. uh, someone in chat uh, earlier was talking about uh, Agent of Mayhem having a board game, you know? 
who Ooh. makes these decisions. <laughs> but like, did that come out? Like, when did that come out? Because you told me no Ages idea. of Mayhem got a board game years after Ages of Mayhem. I'm calling up somebody at Volition being like, yo, <laughs> who, who, like, who's taking you hostage? What signal are you trying to send out to the world? <laughs> uh, next news story, story number six. Minecraft bans NFTs and blockchain. This is Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. While the whole NFT thing appears to be mercifully on the decline, there are still companies out there, like Square Enix, trying to justify partnering with technology that exists solely as an enormous scam. Mojang is clearly not one of them. In a lengthy statement published on Minecraft's site, the team goes into great detail explaining both uh, why they haven't embraced this technology to date and why they've taken steps to ban any implementation of anything blockchain-related in Minecraft, while including a brief caveat saying, hey, if blockchain ever can improve, uh, it's anything, or sorry, if, hey, if blockchain can't ever prove it's anything other than a huge grift, then maybe we'll look at it. Uh, the bulk of the post uh, attacks the text, uh, the text for their promotion of, quote, digital ownership based on scarcity and ex exclusion, which does not align with Minecraft values of creative inclusion and playing together, end quote. It also lays out why blockchain tech and NFTs have been outlawed throughout the game, saying, quote, to ensure that Minecraft players have a safe and inclusive experience, blockchain technologies are not permitted to be integrated inside our client and server applications, nor may Minecraft, uh, Minecraft in-game content such as worlds, skins, personal items, or other mods be utilized by blockchain technology to create scarce digital asset, end quote. You can read the full policy on their website. Good guy, Minecraft. Good guy, Minecraft. What a story. Like, yeah. what a world. Like, Minecraft was not always the good guy. So it's it's always uh, important to note that situations can change. People in control aren't always evil. <laughs> and it's like there are people listening and there are people that care. And you got to support the people that care. Always look for the people that care. 100%. I was trying to look for the tweet, but there's a, someone shared it last night of someone tweeting at Minecraft saying, I don't think you should have a say in what happens in Minecraft or not which I just thought was the, the funniest thing. That's so a, funny. A blockchain bro being really upset about that. So you love to see it. That's so funny. And also like, you know, to to the point of Minecraft being Minecraft, Minecraft probably is a game that I, I could see a lot of grifters seeing in terms of opportunity. Like Minecraft is a game that people theoretically live in, right? Like people build in there. There are, there are so many custom art and so many custom assets that people make in there. And it is probably rife with opportunity for NFT and blockchain implementation. So for them to come out and go, no, like we don't need the fucking like the 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 scam money. We don't need the grifters. Minecraft is fine without that yeah, shit. The, the, I think it's a powerful that statement. They, like actually call out like the grifting and stuff for for that whole situation. I thought was uh, pretty impressive for a company to actually say that. Yeah, especially like a, a company a company that is. You know, Minecraft, which is ran by Millyang, which is owned by Microsoft, right? Like a company of that scope. Uh, I think that that you know that that goes places, right? I think that that is that is worth something. And so, shout out once again to Minecraft. Last story for the Roper Report, story number seven: the Mortal Kombat movie sequel is officially in the works. This is Justin Kroll at Deadline. After the most recent. Uh, Mortal Kombat pick overachieved at box office. New Line is ready to get back into the arena on a sequel. Sources tell Deadline that Simon McCoy is set to return as director for the follow-up to the 2021 action-adventure hit. Mortal Kombat was McCoy's uh, feature directorial debut and was released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max during the pandemic in April 2021. 
The feature opened number one at the box office and ranks among the top feature titles ever on HBO Max since the platform launched. Execs were quick to get a sequel in development, and one of the first orders of business was bringing McCoy back to direct. Uh, congrats to Simon McCoy, the director, on getting another shot. Uh, please make The Miz Johnny Cage. Please do it. Just do it. I'm excited about this. I liked the last movie enough. It wasn't great, but it was fun. They should have used the music more, but it did include one of my favorite movie scenes of all time when he goes, oh, this is my favorite part. He's about to get his soul sucked. <laughs> that shit that, fucking God, was yeah. so good, dude. Remember when we watched that? in this room and had yes. such a good time that's the uh, thing is that movie is not a great movie but it is a fun movie and mm -hmm. at this point i'm down for that to be mortal kombat i don't think mortal kombat needs a masterpiece i think it just needs to be a fun entertaining time and that's what mortal kombat movies have always been even the worst ones even mortal kombat annihilation. Uh, 2 annihilation that Fury. movie one of the worst one of the worst movies i think i've ever seen in my life had a fun time watching it I had a great time watching it for in review and so yeah i'm looking forward to what this next thing is i'm excited hopefully they do bring in johnny cage because uh i guess i won't spoil anything but yeah i want johnny cage in there uh, uh and yes make better utilization of the music and also maybe get rid of the arcana thing where like you get your powers through like this fucking weird activation as opposed Here's to actually, actually having like backstories for the characters i i like the getting the power thing and the leash of the power i love that i think it works way better in a, as the movie plot of a mortal Kombat than some of the backstories these characters have having said that we didn't need a shitty oc to be the main character like yeah, that's the that, other thing that now was the biggest problem like what are you doing you have so many great characters to use and you go with this loser come on like the, be the best thing they could do from Mortal Kombat 2 is make johnny cage the main character uh, and like, yeah, I don't, they don't necessarily got to get rid of what, what was his name? Cole McGrath, something Cole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No. It was no. not Cole McGrath. Cole McGrath is the infamous no. character. Yeah. Cole, it was Cole, though. It was Cole, Cole Strauss. No, that's a, <laughs> that's from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cole, Cole Young is what Chad's saying. Cole, Cole Young? Young? What an unmemorable name. <laughs> Cole Young. Listen, you can keep him in the movie, but like, you know, just make Johnny Cage the main character and maybe make him part of the crew or whatever. All right. Like, because I like the actor. I think he did a fine job. It's just the writing, man. The writing on Cole was not great. Um, but I digress. Tim, I can't wait to see if Mortal Kombat 2 sticks the landing, but that movie is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Barrett, I sent you a video if you could please bring it up because it's very, very important. Yeah, give me just a second here. Changing Ooh, windows very excited to see what this here. Then we're going to go here, and then we're going to go here, and then we're going to play this oh video. Oh, my God. He's about to get his soul sucked. I need to scream right before this. Oh, man. What a movie! He's about to get his soul sucked. I remember us laughing in the theater when they said that. What a fucking movie this is. I kind of wish I saw. I like. I, obviously, COVID at the time was very like heavy, and so like we couldn't see this in the theater. But like, I wish we saw this in the theater at the same time because oh. I wanted to see a bigger audience reaction to something yeah. people were saying in this movie. But this next one, hey, we can probably make our way out to a theater. Hopefully, if things are safe. But for now, let's talk about what's out today. Out today, you're getting Bright Memory Infinite for PS5, Xbox Series X, and Switch. I'm going to pause there. Did reviews for that game come out? Like, that's a game that's been advertised for, for years that I was kind of looking forward to, and it just came out out of nowhere. Has, has anybody heard anything? I'm, I'm doing research. Yeah, Barry, do some research. I want to know what the, what the verdict is. 
continuing, uh, Coromon is out for Switch. If you remember, that's like the the Pokemon like game. The evolution much... to uh, Agumon. The evolution of Agumon. No, it's very much like just a, it's a Pokemon game, but like they advertise it as oh no, this Pokemon for the hardcore. So if, so if you're trying to do your Nuzlocks, if you're trying to get like even deeper, uh, uh, shiny uh, hunting that type Ooh. of shit. Coromon, Coromon Ooh. has you. Um, bless. I've got, I've got a question and some answers for you. My first question: Coromon okay. was already out on Steam, correct? It's been yeah, it's been out on Steam I for had, a while. Have you tried it out on Steam Deck? I tried it out a little bit on Steam Deck. That was I I, I got it when I first got my Steam Deck, so mm -hmm. I had like a group of games. So mm -hmm. I was like dipping in between a lot of stuff. Coromon, I played probably like thirty minutes of. Uh, did it, did I, it seem to run well? Oh, it, it ran great. Yeah, okay. for sure. It I have an deck. answer for you. There are uh, reviews out for Bright Memory Infinite, and it's not great. It's not looking good. Okay, uh, that's what I see. PS5 uh, Dual Shockers gave it 60, uh, along okay. with PSX Brazil, and then the only other review for PlayStation 5 was PlayStation Lifestyle that gave it a 40. And then I think on Xbox <laughs> Series X, it was like a, the Metacritic was a little higher, like 65 or something like that. Okay, honestly, for what my time was with Bright Memory, which is like the precursor to Infinite. It's better than I would what I would have thought because I did not like Bright Memory. I thought that game was not good whatsoever. Uh, and so you know, Bright Memory Infinite. If that tickles her fancy. Boom, go check that one out. To continue on without today, we got Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp for PC and PS4. X Zodiac for PC. I know that's a Tim Gettys hit. Wait, what? Yeah, that's out today. What? No, PC. it's not. Yeah, it is. I'm surprised you didn't know because I've been keeping up with this for like the last whoa, week. Yeah, out. How the fuck? I follow them on Twitter. How did I not know this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, early it. access launch. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. What does that mean? Oh, my God. This is the best news ever. Yeah, man. Get you a Steam Deck. Y'all don't know Exodiac, know. baby. It's it's like old school Star Fox, and it is awesome. Yeah, if you're a video watcher, Barrett's showing it on screen right now. And I, I have it uh, downloaded on my Steam Deck right at this moment. I'm excited to go uh, check it out a little bit. Uh, continuing on, we got Moss Book 2 for MetaQuest, River City Saga Three Kingdoms for PC and PS4, Sea of Thieves Season 7 for PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, uh, Capcom Arcade Second Stadium for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Deer Journey for PC, Hell Pie for PC, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X, Post Void for PS4, PS5, and Switch, and then Wayward Strand is out today for PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox <gasps> Series X, PC, Finally, yes. another strand another, game. Another strand game, baby. I'm Kojima. I've been waiting for these strand games. Uh, new dates for you. Robo Revenge Squad will launch on Nintendo Switch and Xbox on August 17th. Uh, Destiny 2 is getting a showcase on August 23rd. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection launches on August 30th on Steam, Let's PS4, go. PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch. And then Dragon Ball The Breakers launches on October 14th. Let's go. I don't know if that's game, that game's going to be good, but it looks fascinating. It is a asymmetrical multiplayer game that takes place in Dragon Ball. It is right. Evolve. But Dragon Ball Friday the Thirteenth. But Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. <laughs> Dragon Ball. What was that? Evolution. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you said evolve. You said Dragon Ball. They're uh, close enough. Okay. Yeah. I see where I see where you're taking the culture. You you took yeah. us there too. Yeah. You took us there. I did. I did. I'm sorry. I'll take us back if you want to. <laughs> no, we can leave. Please, you stay here please for a little take bit. Me back. <laughs> Deal of the day for you. This comes from Wario64. There's a Dragon Quest sale on the US eShop right now for Switch. You can get Dragon Quest One for three dollars and twenty four cents, two for four dollars twenty one cents, and then uh, Dragon Quest Three for eight dollars and eleven cents. So there you go. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening later on podcast services around 
the globe. It's a me, BT, writes in with a, a very important correction. Uh, sea of Thieves Season 7 wasn't released today. It was delayed to August 4th. And so don't mm. log in to that game to sail the seven seas looking for season seven. You will be utterly disappointed. Wait until August 4th uh, for that one. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. It is Greg and Tam. Greg and Tam. I'm not seeing that pair up uh, a lot. So I'm actually excited. Yeah. For that. That's... Yeah. Nice I thought you were Greg saying my name with like a little fun but no no this is greg and tamor hussein from gamespot.com and giantbomb.com if you're watching this live on twitch right now after this is mike andy and nick having some fun if you want Hell to cast yeah. stream later, you... five hot wheels dlc is what they're doing oh i'm Ooh. real jealous about that if you want to cast that stream later you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>